Hello, Fempreneur. Lindsay Berry here, founder of Fempreneurland.com. I'm so excited to introduce to you today, Felicia. She has a business called Real Awesome Productions. Uh, Real is spelled R-E-E-L. You can check her out at realawesome.com. Her story is inspiring. Uh, as of course, many of our stories are here on the Fempreneur Marketing Podcast. But what I love about Felicia's story is she went from being a high level um, CTV news reporter to actually taking all of her knowledge from 20 years of doing everything from reporting the news to actually producing stories where she was carrying around 50 pounds of camera equipment and shooting live interviews and stories and then actually taking her her filming back to the studio and then reporting the news live in person. She's done it all when it comes to journalism, you guys. And she is uh, now offering this stuff to people in her business. She has her own business. She actually admitted in this interview, which I thought was so powerful, that she was a perfectionist and her she's still struggling with it. I think we all do as entrepreneurs. But um, it was the perfectionism piece that held her back from starting her own business because she thought starting a business had way too many unknowns, way too many variables, and it was just too hard. And she didn't say this explicitly, but I thought it was interesting how once she became a mom of two little girls, that she all of a sudden had the confidence. And I think also just the maternal instinct to, to help others and to turn her knowledge into a service. So you're going to just love this interview with Felicia. She's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful woman. Um, and she is now running a really awesome business. So you're going to get to learn how to start a business if that's something you've wanted to do for a long time, but haven't done it yet. So um, let's dive in. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You're in Calgary, right? I'm in Calgary now. So I started in television production 20 years ago, which is insane. I started as a teenager. I picked up a camera. I learned how to edit and I just started rolling with it. I, I did some hosting with a community television station and I just fell in love with it. So that was 20 years ago. And then from then on, I ended up moving from a communications degree to a science degree. And wow. Was, okay. Sorry. got to pause you. How did you decide to move there? Like, oh, what yeah, was that? Back up. So the story is I did really well academically and I've always wanted to serve people. So I thought maybe I should be a doctor. I had a lot of external pressures from family to be a doctor expectations, but in my heart, I wanted to tell stories. And so I really flip-flopped in university between communications and science. And in the end, I went the practical route and I got myself a degree in biological science. And I wanted to be a doctor. So what happened is I actually got an interview at the University of Alberta for medical school. But when I got the letter for my interview, an innocent question popped into my head and it asked, what if you never get to try broadcast journalism? And that was really like an earthquake moment for me. I said, oh my gosh, like what if I don't ever get to try this? And then a lot of self-doubt happened. And eventually I went to that interview, but I got really bad laryngitis. 
I couldn't even do the interview really well at all. I couldn't talk. So I think that was another sign. I was heading down a path I shouldn't go. In the end, I didn't get into medical school. I got a rejection letter, but I think that rejection was really a redirection into the path I should be going into. Because as my backup, that same year I applied to medical school, I also applied to the broadcast news program at SATE. And I got in after an interview for that. So I got into that program. And even when I was in that program, I still wondered, should I try medicine or should I do this journalism thing? But in my heart, I still, I think I knew I, I was meant to tell stories. So after I went through SATE, I got hired right out of school for my first job in Yorkton, Saskatchewan. I don't know if yeah. those were Yorkton, but it's a small city in Saskatchewan. I had to look on a map to actually look where it was because I had no idea, but I decided to be bold and be brave and take that first job. And I didn't know anybody. Uh, when I went there. So it was a really big step for me. It was really culture shock because I went from a really big city to a small city and it wasn't ethnically diverse. I had a lot of people asking me, why is your English so good? I'm so amazed. <laughs> I grew up in Calgary and in the end, I just, I really fell in love with it, but I did struggle for a while. Mm. Especially moving from a place where I had a lot of family and friends to a place where I didn't know anybody but I loved the work and I just really had a passion to tell stories and really through the stories make a difference in the lives of the people I told the stories too so that was a really really amazing experience for me that's awesome what what would be one of your favorite stories that you told as a news reporter when you were in Yorkton Saskatchewan oh, if you can think of anything in Yorkton I can tell you a story that really impacted me Okay. It's not a really happy story, oh. but it just really goes to show the, the responsibility that you have as a journalist to take it really serious and the details really matter. So I was called in the middle of the night around about 1030 at night on my cell phone to get down to a, a downtown Yorkton. And there had been a terrible triple fatal car crash and it involved three teenagers and unfortunately like all three died the the honda civic that they were driving split into two around a, a tree so i was there rolling my cameras and everybody was crying it was just flooded with people because all these people in the small community knew these three teenagers and and i just remember the the fire chief coming over to me and saying, Felicia, put your camera down, put your camera down. The parents are right there. So I, I just remember having that responsibility to tell the story accurately, with also, also with compassion. Mm. And I was having to tell that story over three days because it was such a big story for that community. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That, yeah, that would stick with you forever, I guess, hey? Wow. Actually, just before I left Yorkton, that was one of the last stories I told there. Really? How long are you in Yorkton? I was there for one year. Only a year? Wow. A year. But you know what? It's kind of interesting because I was there for a year, but I really wanted out so bad. I just wanted to move up and come back to Calgary to where my family was, my boyfriend was in Calgary. Yeah. It was only when I changed everything and my thought process so I used to say, 
I love what I do, except I live here. I'm so far from my family. But only when I changed it from I love everything except this to I love it and I accept that I'm here, that everything changed for me. Wow. Yeah, I mean, amazing friends. One of the best friends in my life is from Yorkton, and we still keep in touch all the time. And then quickly after that, I, I really embraced where I was, and I think I really grew, and I got my next job at CTV Regina as the late-night anchor. So that was really neat. It kind cool. of showed the power of your attitude. Yes. That's awesome. So Regina, how long were you there, and what was that experience like for you as a, as a CTV girl? I was there also for one year. I was filling in for a mat leave there. And during the day, I would be a production assistant for the six o'clock news. And at nighttime, I would be a video journalist. So if anyone is not familiar with the video journalist, it's when you, you shoot everything. So I carried 50 pounds of equipment with me. Back then, the camera care was really heavy. And uh, I, I covered the stories in the evening, and then I would anchor at night. So sometimes I'd be in the newsroom till past one o'clock in the morning. So yeah, that was what I did for a whole year there. And I also was a weather specialist as well. So when you're in the news, it's really important to be versatile and it's given me a lot of skills as well to be adaptable. So when you, when you say, you know, you want to be versatile, is it just a matter of saying yes to things and trying them? Or are they putting you through specific training to do those different roles? Or how does that work for someone who's maybe right now in their early 20s and they're looking at a career like yours? I think being adaptable and being versatile is just saying yes. They'll give you a little bit of training, but a lot of it is internal and you just have to come up to that level that they're expecting. So they'll give you a little bit of training. I got a little bit of training to do the weather and they're like, just go with it because they need people to fill in those spots. I'm curious to know if during that time in Saskatchewan, while you were kind of getting your start in the world of of, you know, being a reporter, being an anchor, being a weather girl, you know, recording video, editing video, all of that. Did you ever want to go out on your own like you are right now? Was that kind of in the back of your mind or, or was that not even there then? I think at that point in my life, I was really focused on being the best journalist, the best broadcast journalist I could be. So I have this uh, perfectionistic nature about me. And <laughs> So I want everything to be the best. And I never thought about going into business at that stage of my life because I just wanted to be a really good journalist and a very good storyteller. And this whole entrepreneurial spirit of mine came later in life based on the situation I am now. And the reason I'm bringing in the perfectionism is I've always been kind of scared and intimidated by business because I always think if I, I'm not good at it, I've never tried it, so I'm automatically not good at it. So recently, when I decided to start it, I said, I have to go all in and just give it a shot. I hadn't tried it before, so how do I know I'm not good at it unless I try? That is awesome. And you're a mom? I am. I'm a mom of two adorable little girls. <laughs> I love it. Five, and then I have Gwyneth, who is two. Five and two. Oh my gosh. And so I love watching your, your Instagram. You put the best reels and all sorts of stuff on there. 
Um, I know we're going to learn a lot from you having you in marketing school, which is exciting. What do your little girls think about when you're doing video work for your marketing and stuff like that? Are they right in there or do you try to time it when they're sleeping? Or <laughs> I try to time it just to look professional, but they actually really want to get involved. So I might pull them in sometimes. They're really curious and they want to talk to the camera. I think that's great because I want to instill in them that confidence to be confident on camera so that they can tell their stories. They're all for it. My little daughter, she loves to watch YouTube channels. So she's always talking to the camera like, this is what's happening right now in my life. And I'm opening up this toy. Oh, that's so great. I think your story is so cool because you told me last week that when you were a teenager, you made a documentary. Like you loved making video and sharing stories from being a young girl. I did this right. documentary in my very early 20s, so a couple years after I started. And I'll tell you a little bit about it. It was called Under the Butter Knife. And I got a grant. I won a grant to do this documentary with some coaching and guidance from the National Film Board of Canada. And this was really a personal reflection because at the time, I was really struggling with the idea of Asian beauty and what it was to be beautiful. Because growing up, I didn't see a lot of role models that looked like me. And so I didn't feel beautiful. Yet I had also these Asian influences from my family in Singapore, just saying like, what is supposed to be beautiful? And after speaking with a lot of Asian women, uh, young Asian women around my age, being beautiful means having fair skin and flawless skin and big round eyes. And a lot of us aren't born with that. So Under the Butter Knife explores the different gadgets and tools that you can use from Asia to change the way you look to almost form and conform to that ideal beauty standard. So there's, if you go under the knife, it's going for plastic surgery. But a step before that, I called it under the butter knife. That's so cool. Yeah, there's all these different gadgets. There's whitening creams and eyelid tape and glue. And I have used eyelid tape. I really struggled with my eyelids growing up. My mom would always tell me to, to play around with them so that my eyes would look bigger. And mm -hmm. so I used tape to try to change the shape of my eyes to make them look bigger and less small wow and then my friend who's in the documentary her mom would take a transparent tape and actually tape her eyelids at the age of three or two to change them so at a very young age we're told this is what's beautiful and if you're not we're going to try to change you so wow I... and you created a documentary about that that's so uh what the the ultimate kind of purpose of sharing stories is really highlighted i think with that part of your story that you did that and that you you worked so hard so what like what age do you think you were when you started kind of maybe fantasizing about your future career and what you were going to be when you grow up in relation to video work actually i think i started really really young and recently my friend sent me a screenshot of our yearbook so when i was 11 years old i actually had the page from my yearbook and it says ambition when i was 11 i would like to be a journalist because i like to write reports on the topic i am doing when oh, i was 11 God. and i just saw that and i was just blown away 
I knew. And if only I'd listened to my 11-year-old self, I would have had less struggle growing up of what I should be. And after yeah. that, after being 11, I had an amazing homeroom teacher, Mr. Randy Peters. When I was 13, he would get us to do a lot of reading out loud in our class. And that was probably one of the only times that I would get any attention is when I would read out loud. And he said to me, Felicia, I think you have potential to get into broadcasting because I love your voice. And that really set me on a path of maybe I should do this. Wow. Someone believed in me because I was a terribly oh. shy girl. I loved acting, but no one would ever give me a chance. So Mr. Peters really said something that hit home to me and he believed in me and that that really gave me the push to, to go that route. What a great story. The, the teachers from our childhood have so much power. I remember some like wonderful things teachers said to me that similar to that story. And then I remember some things teachers said to me that really set me on the wrong path or really didn't do good things for my confidence. So yeah, if you're a teacher watching this, I hope you know. I hope you know how much power you have. The difference. They really do. I had a student counselor in high school who told me I shouldn't go into journalism. Don't waste my time. Go into medicine because I did so well academically. So that also was a bit confusing to me. So they do have a lot of power because yeah. when you're so impressionable as a young person. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I want to get back to your story from your time in Regina to when you got back to Calgary, wasn't there still a couple other stops yeah, along the way? Like five years in between. Okay. So my mat, that mat leave that I was filling in in Regina was ending. So I was scrambling to find something next and a job opening had popped up in Halifax at CTV Atlantic. And my news director said, I know the news director there, he's a nice person, chat with him. And so he interviewed me the assistant director did and they hired me but the thing is this job was only for seven weeks just seven weeks oh. so i packed up two luggages and i moved there just for seven weeks and i ended up being a reporter there and i loved it and they loved me so they actually kept me I got a part-time job there. So I ended up going back to Regina and driving all my stuff down through the States, up through Maine, back to Halifax. And yes, that was where I really blossomed. And it really felt like home. People were so welcoming in Atlantic Canada. I did the late night anchoring there. I did the weekend anchoring. I was a weather specialist there. And then eventually I was promoted to be the host of CTV Morning Live, a co-host and the morning show anchor. And I also anchored the news at noon. So I did eight newscasts in a day, plus a health story. It was a grind, but I loved it. Breaking news was my jam. I loved breaking news. It was so exciting. And I loved working with that team. That is so cool. So our one of our local news anchors, Terry Fakowski, she's a huge uh, supporter of the Fempreneurs and she's graciously got us on the news a couple times now. And so it's so neat to meet more of you ladies in the biz because it's just the power you you have to impact lives when you're out there on traditional media is is huge. And, you know, you can just tell from the way you talk and the way you're sharing the story, like how much you love what you do. It's just so awesome. So I'm so glad that I 
got to meet you at the conference and that now you're coming into the marketing school. I know that the, 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 we're as a community, the fempreneurs are going to be so uh, positively impacted by you. So thank you for agreeing to come on this live today. Um, I definitely still have a few more questions for you before we take off. Absolutely. Um, one of the questions that I have for you is um, how do you, how do you make decisions? Like you, you mentioned sort of a perfectionism trait, but you've also sounded like you've really jumped into opportunities quite easily without a lot of second thought. Like how do you balance that perfectionism and that spontaneity? Like how do you make decisions like that? Well, I really believe it's hard for me, but I believe in order to grow, we have to be bold and we have to be brave because perfectionism I've learned can be very paralyzing and it stopped mm. me from doing some things that I, I probably should have done. So being brave and being bold has got me to the place where I am now. And it's going to get me to the places I want to go because only when we are brave and we are bold that we can really live our best life. Awesome. That's awesome. So what is something that you would tell? I think you've kind of already alluded to a lot of these messages, but I just really want you to directly tell us what would you tell your 20 year younger self? If you were sitting across the table from her right now. Okay. So I would tell myself then Felicia, and I just, I just mentioned it. I really believe in being bold and being brave and being courageous because that can get you so far in life. Be yourself. I think that's the most important thing. Be true to yourself. If telling stories makes your heart sing, follow that because life is too short to do something that you're not in love with. Wow. So your parents seemed like they kind of wanted you to go down a different path. I'm just curious to know what they say now when they look at what you're doing and all the things you've been up to. Like, do they, do, are they like kind of glad you followed your heart or do they sometimes still kind of wish you went down the medical path or? I remember when I didn't get into medical school, my dad actually said, nobody wants my daughter, which is really sad. It's really sad, but eventually when I got into the morning show, he was my biggest fan. Thank you, daddy. He actually Aww. woke up at four in the morning when we would go live on CTV morning live because of the time difference between Calgary and Halifax. He was up at four in the morning and watched me every day. So he was out daddy. Your yeah. biggest fan. My biggest fan. He wouldn't say Aww. this, but I know he is very proud of me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. I remember my dad was very similar. He was he w he was not happy that I went to hairdressing school. He wanted me to do something bigger, something better. And he, he did say to me at one point that he was not very impressed with my choice to become a hairdresser. But then when I had a little baby boy and I was a single mom and I was able to work, all the time, anytime, put the kid in the car seat and go do hair, go do nails. And I was a mobile beauty um, specialist in Grand Prairie for eight years. And that whole time, he, he, he definitely opened up about how he was probably wrong about that. That's <laughs> like, you have an amazing story. And I really think everybody has an amazing story. Yeah. That's what I want to do with Real Awesome Productions. I want to help people tell their stories and I want to help people break down those barriers so they can really tell their stories and give yes. them the tools to be confident on camera and so that yes. they can tell their story in their own terms. 
Yeah. And I'm so pumped to have you sharing more um, of that knowledge with fempreneurs because it is, it is one of the biggest things that uh, I kind of like nudge my marketing school students in that direction because most of them aren't like you, Felicia, they don't come with that confidence to be on camera. Um, so they're getting, they're getting all the things we're getting that let's clarify your message. Let's figure out exactly who you're talking to. Let's build a survey. So you know how to ask the right questions and, and then let's get you talking about this stuff on social media and not just in text, also in video, like, you know, and it's so overwhelming for a lot of them. So I think just to have that extra support and extra, perspective from you who's been behind the camera and in front of the camera like your whole adult life is going to be really valuable so I'm I'm really excited to learn from you as well yeah I'm so happy to help because I have a heart to serve and I really do want to help people so yeah I'm so happy to be here yeah what's your website well my website www.realawesome.com but the real is r-e-e-l like a film reel so realawesome.com you can check it out yeah absolutely and real awesome productions here on instagram um well like just take us through kind of a typical client experience when someone comes to you and says felicia i have no video content out there because i'm terrified i don't know where to start help me please what do you kind of do to work through with that person We've got some great comments coming in from Nancy um, and Emily as well. Thanks, ladies, for your comments. Happy to have you with us. Girls, I love those two ladies. They're some of my biggest cheerleaders in life. Oh, in here means so much to me. <laughs> so I focus on two things, but I'll take you through the videography first. Okay. First, I will talk to the person about, you know, what is their story? What is the message they want to come like? what they want to share with people. And I'll talk about what's their vision. This is on the, the pre-production call. Okay. And what they want it to look like. We'll talk about budget. And then we will do the production. So I'm a one person show because of all my videography experience. Yeah. I'm doing it for so long. And then we'll get them mic'd up. We'll do the lights and we'll do a sit down interview. But what I do differently than a lot of people in videography is I will coach them through. Oh, so nice. I'll make sure that they feel confident. A lot of people will say to me, Oh my gosh, Felicia, I just, I'm so nervous. I just don't do camera. And I say, I just give them this calming reassurance that, you know, I'm here to make you look good. I will not put anything that doesn't make you look and sound your best. So I'll coach them through the answers. We'll go through and we'll clarify their message until I can tell in my mind that we have a strong narrative. Because what I do differently is I do narrative driven stories. My stories aren't just about pictures. My stories are about the story behind the person. That's so important to me because yes. I feel like stories can inspire, stories can connect us and they can transcend boundaries and they have the power to make a difference. So in my mind, I have to make sure that there is a story behind this, not just a couple clips. And then after oh. that is done, the production part is done, I'll, I'll get some B-roll, of course, that's the cutaways. Then yes. I'll take it back into my home and I'll do the post-production. So I do all the video editing, but first I will go through all the clips and make sure that there is a strong storyline. That's incredibly important to me yes. to make sure there is a storyline and that their message is told in the best possible way. And then after that's all done, I'll give it back to them so they can review it. 
and then uh, we'll make sure it looks its best and then they get to keep what has been created for them. It's all bespoke, it's all custom made for them. Awesome. That is one thing that I always have a video on the homepage of my website and I always encourage the girls to do that as well because it's the number one way to connect to your your people that are kind of shopping. They're not really sure about you yet. They don't really know if they like you and trust you and want to work with you. And a video is going to help them answer those questions really quickly. So I do encourage you, if you don't have a video on your homepage of your website and you don't know where to start doing it on your own, um, Felicia's here to help. Yes. And if you have zero dollars in your budget, um, you know, I, I'm going to encourage you to just prop your phone up against a glass of water at eye level with no fanciness at all, because your phone is a pretty amazing Absolutely. tool. <laughs> I still use it for my quick reels. Yeah. It's so much easier to start. I really believe in removing obstacles just to start creating content. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to look perfect. Just yeah. get your content out there to start connecting with people and your audience. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So no matter what stage of the game you're at or how much money you have to invest in your business, you have no excuses um, for getting video content out there. If you need help with, uh, with getting confident in front of the camera, um, Felicia can help. The marketing school can help. Um, go to real R E E L awesome.com. Correct. That's right. And, uh, yeah, and go to fempreneurland.com as well to learn more about the fempreneur community. If you're new here, thank you so much, Felicia, for being here on Instagram live. All right. Before you take off events, 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 we have awesome events coming up for fempreneurs. Go to fempreneurland.com slash events. Um, there's also a ton of links in the show notes here below this podcast episode as there are in every episode because I want to make it real easy for you to find what you're looking for when you get inspired to take action when listening to the podcast. Uh, I want you to be able to do that. So, um, and if you ever have a recommendation for someone we should interview here in the podcast, um, a topic that you would love to learn more about on the podcast, please reach out to me on Instagram at YYC Femprinters. You can also go to fempreneurland.com and there is a tab there with my name on it, Lindsay, L-Y-N-D-S-I-E, and you can click there and you can get in touch with me there too if you're not an Instagrammer. And um, yeah, so lots of events happening and want to make sure that if you live in the Calgary area, you come to our live events, which are all outdoors this summer. So that's going to be awesome. And if you're not in the Calgary area, we've got you covered too. We've got live virtual events where you can show up, meet other fempreneurs, feel held and supported and heard, and also uh, learn about marketing and leadership. All right. And oh, last one more thing, really important. <laughs> um, I have a post up on Instagram. It is two book covers. I need you to vote on your favorite one before May 20th. You can vote after May 20th, but I'm doing a book draw. So I'm gonna do five free copies, signed copies of the new book. Um, so I'm gonna draw five different names and to get your name in that draw, all you need to do is vote on the book cover. Thank you so much for doing that. Have a great day.